Hey, it's Pastor Jeffrey Graff with Faith Family Church Next Gen. Thanks for tuning in. I hope this message brings truth, clarity, and hope to your situation. God loves you very much, and I hope you feel that today. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing today? Good, good, good. But it's a youth service. You understand that, right? This is technically youth today. So how are y'all doing today? Hey! Welcome to Back to School Sunday. Hey, if I've never had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Jeffrey. I'm the youth and young adults pastor here at Faith Family Church. And let me tell you, I love my job. I don't even like to call it a job because it's so much more than that to me. Um, but one of the reasons I love my job is we just sang this song called Growing Pains. And a line that really hits me in the song, it says this, At my worst, when it hurts, won't be afraid. Sometimes faith has growing pains. Help me out if you're out there as youth. I make my youth talk a lot. Everybody say growing pains. Growing pains. One, ooh, y'all sound good. One reason I love my job is because we get to help youth and young adults through the growing pains of faith. Because the challenges you face in your faith, they change as you get older. As you grow up, your questions grow up with you, right? So you could tell like a little kid, hey man, God loves you and God cares about you. And little kids are pretty trusting. They'll be like, all right, they might have a question or two. But you tell a teenager, hey, man, God loves you. God's for you. They might be like, all right, then why my parents split up? Welcome to my job. You tell them, hey, God is powerful. Okay, well, then why did my grandma die and we even prayed for her, pastor? You see, as we grow up, our questions grow up with us. But one of the biggest privileges of my life has been the last three years of it. Me, along with my amazing team, which, by the way, if my team's in here, I love y'all so much. Y'all are my favorite people in the whole world. Give a hand clap for the people that serve our next generation. Y'all are awesome. Um, along with the people, the, 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 the team and everything, one of the things I just love is walking alongside young people as they work through the growing pains of their faith. So if you send your students to SM or you come to YA, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. God has started some amazing stuff, but everything God starts, He continues and He completes. So with all the faith in the world, when I say we're just getting started, I genuinely mean we are just getting started. Amen? Well, um... I start this way for a second reason too though. And the second reason is because I want to talk about something today that creates a lot of doubt and unbelief in people's heart. I want to talk about a topic that causes a lot of growing pains. But first I want to tell you a funny story. I know some of you are concerned. You're like, he hasn't made a joke in three minutes. We need to pray for Pastor G. Something's wrong. Okay, here we go. Um, this summer, Eden and I took a trip down to Mexico. We wanted to visit some friends, and we wanted to visit a church that we did missions work at this spring break. So I was real excited. Everything was going to be good. I expected it to be very hard to get from Mexico back into the U.S., okay? But I had no idea how hard it was about to be getting from the United States into Mexico, Trip's going great, but then we get down to the boundary line, Texas and Mexico, right at the border, all hell broke loose, right? I'm very aware I am the gringo here. Nobody looks like me. So I just smile, try not to make waves, and I was like, hello. I needed two things. Show my passport, get a car permit to go into Mexico. Passport, permit. It was a very simple procedure. Needed two things. What were they? Just making sure you're listening. So I go up to the lady behind the counter, 
And I say, yes, ma'am. I would just like to get a pa- I need to show you my passport and I need to get a car permit. And I knew that my life was about to be very, very chaotic and everything was about to go downhill when she looked at me and she replied, Necesitas hacer cola esperar con todos los demás. And I was like, huh? Come again? And you know what you do? I don't know if you do this, but I think it's universal. Everyone just says the same thing slower and louder. Like that's going to help. Like, I need to get passport senor. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I made that up. I just Google translated it. I didn't really know what she was saying. But essentially, I learned I was not in the right line. So I switched the line, and I get through with minimal PTSD, right? It's a little shaky. Bad start to a vacation, I'm going to be honest. But then we're about to get into the city, and when you get into the city, there's this big toll. And the toll required 298 pesos. That's a number I'll never forget, and you're about to find out why. 298 pesos. Here's the problem. Your boy just spent all his pesos getting the permit. So I ride up to the thing, and I'm like, hola. Um, I only have a debit card, but my bank knows I'm here. Like, can you swipe that? It's fine. It'll go through. It's 15 bucks. He's like, no. It's like, well, I know no. No is pretty universal, right? So... I turned back and I tried to go to a convenience store that we don't even have. It was called Oxo or something like that. There's a Mexican convenience store where I needed cash back or pesos back or whatever the heck it would be there. And they didn't do it. So what do I do? Me and Eden, we sit in the corner of the convenience store for, no lie, an hour and a half. And we are waiting for people to check out with pesos. Because the second I see a peso, I'm like, wait, 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 can I please pay for your stuff with my card so you could give me the pesos because I need 298 of those things just so I can get through the thing. Do you know how many hot Cheetos, Topo Chicos, to- Takis it takes till you reach 298 pesos? I'm not going to lie to you. Don't judge me. One guy bought three packs of cigarettes, and I was like, the Lord's my provider. He's good. <laughs> Now, I, I don't tell you that story for no reason, okay? It's funny, but it's real. It was not funny at the time. Here's the reason I tell the story. Why were they so strict on us at the boundary line between Texas and Mexico? Why so hard on us at the border? Because they did not want anything to just come in or go out without really inspecting it. They didn't want any illegal drugs, something to harm the country, just some random person. They didn't know. They knew the importance of a boundary line. Everybody help me out, would you? Would you say boundary? I want to talk to you a little bit about boundaries because I don't always think that you and me understand the importance of the spiritual boundaries God gives us. I think we're way too quick, hear me out, to just let things come right on into our lives without inspecting it very hard. Just real easy to let, you know, gossip, negative thoughts, unhealthy amounts of social media, whatever sort of Netflix show that entertains us at the time. We'll let it come right on in without thinking, hey, what's this going to do to my little country here? What's it going to do to me? See, I want to talk to you for the second or for the next 25 minutes or so about spiritual boundaries. And before I get into it too much, let me explain what I mean by that, okay? God gives us boundaries or parameters in which we should live our lives. So he'll say things like, honor your father and mother. That's a boundary. You don't leave that. 
you know, do not lie, don't cheat, don't steal. That's the boundary. You don't leave that. Handle relationships this way when you're dating, but also handle them this way when you're married. That's a boundary. We don't leave that. And the process to understanding God's boundaries correctly causes a lot of spiritual growing pains for a lot of us. Let me explain what I mean. I've heard people make scary statements about God because of the boundaries that he'll give. I've heard people say things like, well, God's just too strict. Christianity is all about the rules. People will define Christianity literally as this is what we do, this is what we don't do. Or, or take the flip side of that, people who are all about the rules want to cling to the rules. They'll make a salvation by works type deal. We're like, well, no, if I follow the rules, then God has to do this, this, and this. And there's the spiritual entitlement. We don't always understand the boundaries God gives us. And because of that, God's boundaries become burdens to us. Something that are hard to keep or obstacles in our faith. So today, I'm going to show you that God's boundaries, I promise you, are blessings. The title of my message is The Blessing of a Boundary. Help me out if you're out there. Say, The Blessing of a Boundary. I'm going to show you three things you can always know about God's boundary. So we're going to look at the first boundary God ever gave to human beings, Adam and Eve. We're in Genesis 2, 15 through 17. You got your Bible, you could open there. You got your iPhone, you could scroll there. You got your Android, you could throw that thing away three years ago, buddy. <laughs> hey, but for real, man, stop making our messages green. That's selfish of you at this point. <laughs> All the iPhone people are like, yeah. All right. Genesis 2, 15 through 17. Oh, it's youth. And so when I stop, that means you have to read, okay? I preach here a couple times, but it's only one back to school Sunday. So we do it youth full send. You ready? Verse 15. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden. Sound great. To tend and watch over it. Verse 16. But the Lord God warns him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden. Except, here's the first boundary, verse 17, first boundary ever given, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Here's the first boundary ever given. Hey, you can eat from any tree, but not that one. But it's not like a random, useless boundary. God was very clear why they should not eat from the tree. He says, if you eat from this tree, you are going to die, right? The boundary was given to them to protect them. If you're taking notes, here's the first thing I want you to write down. Boundaries are for our protection. See, Adam and Eve, they didn't understand this. And I think you and I probably have the same thought pattern they might have had too. They were sitting there thinking, God, what are you keeping from me? Right? So they, spoiler alert, eat the fruit break the boundary, and then instantly they start to feel the effects of sin, shame, and death. And in that moment, they realized, ah, God wasn't keeping me from something. God was protecting me from something. See, there's a difference. And I think we'd do well to keep the boundaries of God if we could remember, hey, maybe these aren't offense that are keeping me from a bunch of awesome stuff. Maybe it's offense that's protecting me from a lot of bad stuff. Back in the day, I had this dog named Sport. Now, Sport, he was my guy. Sport, I don't know if dogs are like humans where, you know, like humans are like, have you caught up with so-and-so? He's doing well for himself. But if they do that in the dog world, whatever, Sport lived on 50 acres. 
your, your boy did well for himself, okay? He was living on 50 acres. He could run around, play around. He would explore, hunt. He would go on the street and legit, like, he had, like, cow friends he would play with. He was a weird dog, but he was awesome. And one day, his reign of terror came to a fateful end. Here's why. He didn't die. I said that like he died. He didn't die. I was shooting basketballs in the front yard or whatever, and this motorcycle man comes, you know, on the street with one of these, you know what I'm talking about? These ones, I don't know why. What are you trying to do, pull-ups? Like, chill. Okay. And he was riding in sports trying to defend the land, right? So he's going, rawr, 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 rawr. well, he takes it too far, and he bites the dude on the leg. I admit it. So Mr. Motorcycle Guy comes down the, the, the driveway to me shooting hoops, and he's like, is this your dog? And I said, that dog belongs to Jim and Tamara Graff. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, yes, sir, that is my dog. And he said, well, does this dog have its rabies shot? I'll be real honest with you, I had no idea. We weren't really a veterinarian family. We were like a live-by-faith family. So I just, in the moment, had to just stick up for the dog. Rabies, yes. Rabies, tetanus, good blood pressure, cholesterol's perfect. Like, you're probably more healthy because you got bit by that dog. Go on your way. And he did not believe me. So a couple days later, knock at the door, and it's the police. And they say, hey, is this your dog? You got two options. You could either put the dog down or put the dog on a shock collar. You know what a shock collar is? It's like a collar with two little metal things, and it, it, every shot collar has like a boundary, right? Sport's boundary was the street. So when Sport got close to the street, it would beep, beep. And if he didn't adhere to the beep, it would beep faster, beep, 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 beep. And if he still did not adhere, he'd just get tased, and it was terrible. Y'all, watching my dog learn how to use this thing was one of the saddest experiences of my life. I don't know why y'all laughing. I said it was sad. <laughs> I'm serious, because Sport was running, and you got to put yourself in his paws or whatever, right? Because he's running, and he's just having a good time, flopping in the wind, his ears, and they hear like a beep, and he's like, it's new. <laughs> we, we, we don't speak English? Like, I mean, he doesn't speak English? And it gets faster. Beep, beep, beep. He's like, there must be some flock of birds here migrating from the south, something. And then all of a sudden, and he just stayed in the restricted area. Like he didn't know, he didn't speak English. I was sitting there like, get out. Like you just trying everything I could do to get the man back in the boundary. And I'm not going to lie, I, I was mad at my mom. I was like, you're a monster. What is wrong with you? I'm serious. I was about to strap that to her leg when she was sleeping and watch her check the mail in the morning. Until, until she sat me down and she said, Jeffrey, sport has 50 acres to run around on. And the only reason he's got this boundary is because we're trying to protect him and help him live a long life. Sport did not understand the boundary. Neither did I. But I think oftentimes in our walk with God, me and you are like my dog. We are looking at the boundaries God's put up for us, and we're sitting there like, God, why? Lord, what are you keeping me from? God, come on. And I think God would say, hey, man, zoom out. 
I'm not keeping you from anything, but I'm protecting you from a whole lot more than you know right now. There's something going on. And sometimes I get a little frustrated with the narrative that Christians have about all the stuff that Christians can't do. Oh, we can't do this. We can't do that. And I just want to be like, do you not know how much freedom we have in Christ? Like, turn around. There's 50 acres behind you. Why don't we start talking about, hey, I'm a Christian, so I can have peace and chaos. Hey, I'm a Christian, so I can live content when I don't have everything that I want. I'm a Christian, so I can be confident that God's working in my life, even when I'm in a dark valley, because he's my shepherd. And the last time I checked, I lack nothing. Let's change the narrative a little bit, people. One of the biggest reasons I love doing what I do is because I have seen young people or people in junior high, high school make decisions at an early age that were far more costly than they realized. They crossed boundaries and were paying the price and still pay the price today. I have friends that got into drugs and alcohol at an early age, right? And to this day, like some of them still need that stuff to be happy. But when they started... They were like, man, God's trying to keep me from having a good time. It turns out God was protecting them from being addicted. The blessing was the boundary. And it's not just young people. We do it all the time. Some people have crossed the boundary of forgiveness and they're stepping into bitterness. And maybe you feel like if you forgive, then God's keeping you from having a voice. Or God's keeping you from seeing justice. Right? God's not keeping you from having a voice. He's protecting you from having a bitter root that defiles many things more than that situation right now. You could do this in so many areas. Some people are crossing boundaries in their thought life. Just letting their thoughts run rampant. Thinking angry thoughts, lustful thoughts, hopeless thoughts. And meanwhile, God's telling us, fix your mind on what's true, noble, of good report. Right? And you're thinking, well, God just, he's keeping me from being in touch with my feelings. No, 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 no. He's protecting you from letting your feelings have the final say. Sometimes we've got to understand that the boundaries are there to protect us. Please don't sit there like... Sport probably would have said, or Adam and Eve probably thought, God, what are you keeping me from? Nothing. He's protecting you. You know why? Because you protect what's valuable, and you are very valuable to God. You're not meant to live with unsuccessful relationships like most of your coworkers. You're not meant to live with a heavy heart. You're not meant to live uh, dependent or addicted. God is saving you for life and life to the fullest. But if you're going to be different, you got to live differently. And accept the boundaries knowing that they are for our protection. Amen? So why? Why do we know this in theory and we're still somewhat tempted to cross over the boundary line? Well, I'll show you uh, why Adam and Eve were. It's now Genesis chapter 3. The serpent's trying to convince Adam and Eve to eat the fruit, break the boundary. And Eve, to her credit... Eve's talking to the serpent. She stays strong. She says, nah, we can't eat that. God said, if we eat it, we're going to die. Now we're in verse 4. If you toss your Android, you could look on with your neighbor. It says this in verse 4. The serpent says, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. Now he says two things. You ready? Verse 5. The serpent tells her, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil tells her two things. I've preached this before. He says, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God. So they're convinced. They eat the fruit. And verse 7 says, at that moment, their eyes were open. Hmm. 
and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. Now later the Bible will go on to say they were like God knowing good and evil, but the truth is they could never really be like God because they sinned, they felt shame, they felt regret, they felt remorse. They weren't competent enough to sit on the throne of their own life. So here's my question. Did the devil lie? Who thinks yes? Who thinks no? Ah, house divided. This is fun. You know what the devil's really good at? He's good at telling you part of the truth. That's what he does here. He tells them part of the truth. Because he knows if he could get them to buy into part of the truth, but hide the part he don't want them to see, it'll lead to their demise. And that's how he gets us to break boundaries. If you're taking notes, the second thing is we break boundaries by believing part truths. You got to understand, the devil's not just going to come and blatantly lie to you where you're like, that's a lie. How is that going to do anything for him? No, he's more cunning than that. He's more sneaky because the devil still uses the same trick today. Let me just give you some examples, okay? Students, maybe you're sitting there like, ah, it's just music, man. And it's a good beat. It gets me hype. And I sympathize with you because that's true, partly. But it'll hide the fact that it's not just music that goes to your ears. It gets into your heart. And a lot of times when you're focused and have to choose between making a decision between right and wrong, you're more used to listening to the voice of some artist than you are the creator. Now, parents, don't stone me. I know I'm not a parent. But maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, yeah, okay, I yelled at my kid, cussed him out a little bit, but they were dishonoring. And the Bible tells me that, that you know, kids must honor their parents. And that's true, partly. But the devil will hide the fact that if you're content to live by a double standard, your kids will be too. And I don't say that. I don't know if their parents clapping or not. It's like kids, yeah. I don't say that though lightly. I say that based on a lot of counseling that I do with kids. I could go all day with this. The devil's sneaky how he does it, man. I remember being in high school looking at all the things that my friends were doing that I couldn't do, not if I was going to live for Jesus. And he would, you know, do his little whispers. Hey, they're all having a good time. And guess what, Jeffrey? Nothing that bad is happening to them. And then you get on Snapchat or Instagram and you see everything they're doing and you show up to school the following Monday. And guess what? Nothing that bad has really happened to them. But the part that he hides isn't what happens over the weekends. It's what happens over years and years and years of being disconnected from the call of God on your life? you got to be careful with part truths. See, the serpent got Adam and Eve to, to break the boundary with four little words. I'm going to show you them. Genesis 3, 1b. It says, one day the serpent asked the woman. Let's read it together. Did God really say? Did God really say you must not eat from the fruit of any trees in the garden? Did God really say? And if he can get you asking that question in a way that doesn't drive you to deeper truth, but deeper rabbit trail, you'll break a lot of boundaries searching for truth. Hey, listen, we have a lot of information on our phones. We do not have a lot of truth on our phones. And some of us, myself included, there's probably some accounts that need unfollowing. Some influencers that need less of a voice. Some news outlets that need less of a voice. Because they're getting us to look at things and, well, I know God says this, but this is saying this. And so I'm just kind of confused. Did God really say? And we'll believe a part truth. Break a boundary and hurt ourselves. That's why you got to know the whole truth. 
you got to memorize it. David said, I hide your word in my heart. My grandfather used to say, uh, put the word of God in your heart when you don't need it. That way it's there when you do need it. You, if you're just not ready to fight with the word of God, you ain't got a shot when the battle actually ambushes you. So that when you have, you know, you get that text, we need to talk, or something that just completely sends you into a state of anxiety for the rest of the day, you know. You get that text, and now the devil all of a sudden maybe is trying to get you to cross and from faith into fear, right? And you got to learn how to say to the devil, you know what, I am afraid. That's partly true. But also, what's more true is that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So I refuse to be anxious. I will take action with the spirit of God on the inside of me. Whenever he tries to get you to cross maybe from love into lust, you say, you know what? I do feel like that, or I do want to do it. That's true, partly, but God also said I could pray, create in me a clean heart, a pure heart, and renew a right spirit within me. I know what God's word says, and and I'm going to stand on that. you got to know what God really said, or else you believe part truths and break boundaries. And here's the worst part about doing that. Let me show you what happens to Adam and Eve. They break the boundary, eat the fruit, feel shame, and now it's verse 8 and 9. Right after they eat the fruit, it says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid. They hid from the Lord God among the trees. Verse 9. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? What happened? Adam and Eve break the boundary. And now all of a sudden they feel too shameful to be in God's presence. Which is weird. Because they used to walk with God, talk with God, have a great relationship with God all the time. But now they break the boundaries and they're no longer at peace in the presence of God. And you know what they learn? It's my last and my most important point. Boundaries keep you in God's presence. Everybody say presence. See, when we break boundaries, we can choose to kind of put a gap between us and God. Now I brought an example to show you this point. Lord, hope it be good. No, you'll see why in a second. Y'all see what these are? These little fish. See, me and you, we're kind of like this fish or these fish. These fish need water more than anything else. But to stay in the water, these fish have certain what? Boundaries. You're good learners. Now, what would happen if the fish saw something outside of the boundaries that he thought, oh, that looks nice. Look at this little you know, big-headed girl. What? <laughs> My bad. I don't know. Nobody looks like her in here. What would happen? I mean, come on. Her head's like half her size. What would happen if the fish was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to try to spit some game real quick, right? And he said, this is going to be so good. Hey, baby, what's good? <laughs> this is weird. I think the fish would be enjoying this, right? Come on. Mwah. Oh, weird. You know what, though? Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Don't, don't stone me. Girls are complicated sometimes. So maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's not the girl. You know what he really needs is some old, I should have checked what president that is, some old Andrew Jackson in his life. All right? So maybe it's just chasing the money. What's the big deal Right? If he leaves the boundary he was created for to get that paper, um, bruh, you know how much fish food you could buy with that? So weird. 
Uh, you know what? It's probably not the girl. It's probably not the money. Maybe it's just like power, influence, status, John Cena mode. You can't see him or can you? Uh, you get it? <laughs> so what's the big deal if the fish leaves the boundary it was created for? What the heck? That's weird. Dude, it's John Cena. What the? Maybe we got the wrong fish. No, of course we didn't get the wrong fish. What am I saying? We all know that these things mean absolutely nothing if the fish leaves the boundary to chase something. This fish needs water more than anything else. But a lot of times what you and I don't really realize at a heart level is that you and I need God more than this fish needs water. But sometimes it breaks my heart to see people look at stuff. And maybe the stuff isn't even bad in of itself. A relationship's not bad. Money's not bad. Power or influence isn't bad. But what happens when we try to chase those things outside of the boundary that we were created for and leave God in the process? It hurts my heart to see people ignore the boundaries, leave God to go chase maybe a relationship. And it's only a matter of time until you realize outside of God, that thing will never satisfy your heart. It, it, it breaks my heart when I see people chase money, power, influence. And they'll lie if they have to. Steal. Cheat. Whatever they got to do. And it's a matter of time. Even if you achieve it, I promise, it's a matter of time until you realize you're a fish out of water. Because if something else isn't the center of your heart, nothing else will matter. If God isn't the sole focus, and here's the craziest part, the way that some of you felt when I took that fish out of water, very uncomfortable, right? You're like, this guy tases dogs and suffocates fish. <laughs> My wife, and somebody said, yeah, get him. My wife is, she was like, you cannot do this object lesson. It's terrible. And, and many of you maybe felt like that when I took the fish out of water. In your mind, you're like, okay, put it back. <laughs> we get it. Thank you. Okay, good. No, we get it with the first one. You don't got to move. He's doing the second one. All right. Surely he's not going to do the third. Well, he moved on to the third one. Let's put it back. Here's the craziest part. I'm about to make you laugh and then hopefully make you cry because God loves you so much that whenever you leave the boundaries he created for, he's not even mad at you. You know what his heart is saying? Come back. Come back. What are you doing? I'm not angry with you. I'm not mad at you. I'm trying to say, you know how much you need me? Our heart has a God-shaped hole and I don't care what you put in it. It'll never be enough to fill it. God says, come back to me. I am the living water. I am the bread of life. I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you could do nothing. Do you know what the scripture means when it says that it's in Jesus that we live and move and breathe and have our being? It means that we need God to do anything. Here's the greatest part. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does that mean? It means stay in the water at all costs. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But then it says something else. And everything else will be added. When you make God the sole desire of your heart, 
You say, come hell or high water, I'm not leaving the boundaries of God. Not for status, not for money, not for love. I'm not moving where God put me. You know what he does? He recognizes the desires in your heart that are good and they're from him. And he'll start to add all the stuff that your heart knew it needed all along. But the greatest part is when you really know that, you know that the greatest blessing is the blesser. The greatest blessing is the fact that God is the one who consumes your life and in him everything else finds its proper place. You know that a relationship doesn't mean anything if he's not the center of it. Money isn't anything if you don't learn to be generous with it. Power, status, influence, it could ruin you if you don't learn to serve other people with it. And it makes the words of Jesus ring so much more true. What good is it to gain the world? but lose your soul in the process. God's greatest desire is to have a relationship with you because he loves you, because he cares about you. We don't sit up here at church and tell you to come to church just because we're worried about people coming to church. We do it because we believe that there's a God, he's real, he loves you, and he can fill your life with more hope, joy, and peace than you ever believed it. This is me talking to you not as a pastor, but as a Christian. I'd be nothing without God. I'd be nothing without God. And I've tried to find other things and other fulfillment and other satisfactions. And you know what? They all run dry. Eventually the air runs out. But when he is the air you breathe and he's the sole desire of your heart, you realize the greatest thing he ever wanted for you was for you to have him because he's who you were created for. Man, he's good. You know, let me recap real quick. I like to recap. Blessing of a boundary. God's boundaries are for our protection. We break God's boundaries by believing part truths. But God gives us boundaries because they help us stay in his presence. And I know that there's some people in here today, and maybe you're feeling, maybe like God is mad at you or whatever. I need to show you another verse before I leave. It's verse 8 and 9. Would y'all put it up again? It says this. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Verse 9, then the Lord God called to the man, three words, what are they? Where are you? The picture we get of God from the beginning is of somebody who's tender, not tough. Who doesn't walk into the garden to get up in Adam and Eve's face and say, hey, what have you done? He already knew what they'd done. He was concerned where they were at. And I don't know what you've done, but some of us need to stop being scared to come to the presence of God. Why? Because God did not wake you up, give you breath in your lungs, get you here on a rainy Sunday morning to get up in your face and say, what have you done? He came to ask you the same question. Where are you at? Because I love you. Because I care about you. Because I want to forgive everything that you've ever done. And more importantly, I want you to get back in the water. It's the only place you'll ever be happy. See, God went to the garden that day to go find Adam and Eve. But the whole Old Testament always points to Jesus. When you read it, make sure it's pointing to Jesus because he's the whole thesis. And one day, there was going to be a day where God didn't go to the garden, but Jesus came to the earth. And he walked around asking the same thing. Hey, where are you? Why? Because his mission was to seek and to save those who were lost. He cares about you. He loves you. He wants better for you than you could ever want for yourself. And that's why he invites you into relationship with him. He made you, and he made you for him. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Victoria area, stop by one of our services. Church is way better with people. 
So if you're between the ages of 18 to 29, check out our Instagram at ffc.ya. All of our service info is there. And if you're 6th through 12th grade, check out our Instagram at ffc.sm. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And even more, I hope it brought you closer to God. Have a great day.